What's up, everybody? Ben Cruz here, the head of content at Vover, and I'm here to tell you about my show over on Vover, One and Done. The concept of One and Done is very simple. One guest, one question, one answer. That's it. We're looking to bring you the best guests and the best questions on every show, which will lead to the best answers. Some of my most recent guests include the creator of HBO's Entourage, Doug Ellen, one of the stars from HBO's Insecure, the always hilarious Yvonne Orji, and the Twitter legend himself, Josiah Johnson, aka King Josiah, and much more. The show leans into our short form format. Most shows are about 15 minutes, so if you don't have a full hour or two but want that quick podcast fix, Check out One and Done with us over at Vover on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome everyone to the Take It Home Podcast. I'm your host, John LaRocca. On today's episode, we're talking about AEW's Owen Hart Cup tournaments. I'm also going to do some match reviews. Um, I got a request for to review a couple of matches from AW Dark, so I'll do that here. Um, so we're, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to it, and be, you know, just looking forward to the Christmas coming up. I just can't believe it's around the corner. I mean, every year I say that, it just it kind of sneaks up on you. You know, I mean, it this it feels like it's so far away, and all of a sudden you blink and it's here. Um, so it, it's it's. I just I can't believe it. So we gotta do a bunch of wrapping and get everything ready. I think we we're just my wife and I were just talking about what the food we need to order and kind of get together the shopping list together. And I think we're gonna keep it simple because we're gonna have a smaller Christmas gathering this year. And um, but it's still gonna be fun, it's still gonna be memorable. I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into this AEW Owen Hart Cup tournaments. And, you know, the Owen Hart Cup tournament will be a men's and women's tournament. The tournament will take place in May. Both tournaments will take place in May. And the finals will take place at double or nothing in May. Um, When I heard this news, first of all, I think this is a great, great thing they're doing with the Owen Hart Foundation and honoring Owen Hart. You know, because, you know, wrestling fans for a very long time because of the dispute between Owen Hart family and WWE, you know, they never got to see Owen celebrated. So Tony Khan has made a deal to Owen Hart fa- Foundation, to, you know, make sizable donations to that foundation, which, which is a great foundation of, you know, giving kids scholarships for college and, you know, and, you know, and honoring Owen Hart with this tournament. And I think it's great, but I'm not a big fan of it being two tournaments. Not a fan of the of having a women's tournament. Can let me ask you a question? I mean, an honest question here. When you think Owen Hart, do you think women's wrestling? I don't. But so why is there a women's tournament to honor Owen Hart? It why take take away some fo- the, some focus off of the Owen Hart men's tournament? I don't understand. 
And the only and when I brought this up at dinner, I recently had um we had a nice holiday dinner with the you know, it's kind of funny we call it the Meltzer House crew cuz you know, that's where a lot of us all met and um you know, go and watch pay-per-views at days. We still do. And um you know, Gary Gonzalez was there. Jeremy Feinstein was there, and the Heartbreak Kid Dave Rubio was there, and this was the Owen Hart tournament was brought up, and I brought up that I just don't understand why they're doing a women's tournament, and it was said like, well, you know why? Because if they don't, they'll get a bunch of heat. I'm like, why? As I said, when you think Owen Hart, you don't think women's wrestling, and I think if you just had a men's tournament to honor Owen Hart, no one would say. Why is there a women's tournament for Owen Hart? If there is people that are saying that, Tony Khan, listen to me, bro. It is a very small percentage of complete losers that would say this on social media, right? Like, who cares? No one in their right mind would be like, oh, man, yeah, you're right. They should have a women's tournament. I can't believe it. It's it's ridiculous just to play this just because you don't want a little heat from this, like I said, small minority of you know these social justice nerds that are trying to make an issue when there's no issue there. It's a men's tournament to honor Owen Hart. We're honoring Owen Hart. That should be what anyone cares about. And, you know, if you hear my reviews of AEW Dynamite on the Fight Game Media podcast on the Wrestling Observer Network, you guys know, and you see it, the women's matches on AEW are 99% the worst matches of the night. They have a few women... There's some, a few women that have over-personalities. People love Britt Baker. But when it comes bell to bell, it's a rough go. Dunn Rosa is over. But she has, you know, her her limitations in the ring. Uh, Jay Cargill, people are getting into her, but she's very limited. Chris Stantlander, people like her, but she's limited. Hikaru Shida, great look, but man, she's limited. <laughs> and the best of all is Serena Deeb, and she can't wrestle every match in this tournament, right? And if most of this ro- most of the women on the roster are they need leaders. They need good dance partners to lead them through. But the rest, but so you need more of those women. So wh- who are those women going to be? Where are you going to get? those women from I hope they're I'm sure they're gonna have some you know outsiders some free agent talent to come in and 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 spice up the tournament and I hope that Tony Khan goes and finds leaders a Mercedes Martinez for example who's working impact get her to come in and 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 be a veteran presence in this tournament the lead um, Tegan Knox, the former Tegan Knox, I know she was released by WWE. 
I don't know. She's she's not a leader, though. I don't think she has that ability to lead a match. She's definitely better than a lot of women they have right now. And she's still young. She's in her 20s. Um, You know, but at the same time, like, okay, you you want to do a women's... If you're worried about people bitching about not doing a women's tournament, first of all, you can say, hey, I'm already do. I just did a tournament. I'm, and it's actually going on right now. We still haven't got to the finals yet. It's the TBS Women's Championship because who knows why we need a TBS Women's Championship because they have the TNT Men's Championship. So we're going to have two Women's Championships. This is stuff that AEW fans would bitch about WWE about. It sucks. There's two Women's World Champions. There's two Men's World Champions. Well, hey, AEW, guess what? There's two Women's World Champions now. Which one's better, TBS or TNT? Like, <laughs> stupid, right? So, they bitch about that. Hey, Mom, what are you doing a tournament? What are you guys complaining about? I did two tournaments last year. They weren't great, but, you know, we did two tournaments last year. Or you can just say, hey, you know what? In the summertime, we're going to do a women's tournament. It's going to be year every year. We're going to honor women's wrestling. We're going to honor Mildred Burke, Sherry Martell, um, Minami Toyota, like we're just going to honor women's wrestling. A nice tournament in the summertime to kind of just, you know, nice little su- summer tournament. <laughs> Honoring women's wrestling. So don't bitch, right? You 10% people, social dust nerds, you're right? I don't, I believe it's a social justice. I just don't, I don't believe it when they're using it for causes like this to just, when it's not, when there's not a cause there. And there's definitely not a cause there. I'm sorry. Um, and people listening might think, man, LaRocca hates women's wrestling. No, I don't. I, again, I don't. I like good women's wrestling. Uh, I had women's wrestling on my premiere shows because I believed in women's wrestling. Um, was, it a, was it because I had four matches of men? I had to have four matches of women? No, I had usually one or sometimes I had two. You know, especially when I was crowning a new champion and multiple matches. But, you know... You have to, you just can't, you just can't, you just can't, everyone just, it can't just be everyone in. Oh, we had, okay, what's next? Are we going to have, now we, so who's left out now? Should we have the Owen Hart minis tournament? Like, you know, like, we're, no, you know, like, because you don't think minis with Owen Hart, and you also don't think women's wrestling with Owen Hart. I just don't. And look at and like what like like have, look at the success of women's tournaments in AEW. Remember that tag team tournament? Whatever the heck that thing was called. I I personally loved it because it was so bad. It was all on YouTube. It was so bad. Like we can't even air this on our. I think the finals aired maybe on the, a dynamite, but like we can't even air this in front of our fake fans of wrestlers, right? Back in during the the no fans days. Um, and then, you know, this women's tournament now has been not setting the world on fire. So again, there's no need to book this tournament and Tony needs to just have a little, you know, little, you know, little tougher, tougher skin and not worry about 
that this stuff of people complaining. Like, like recently, I think was that the last Double Nothing show when uh, Britt Baker won the title from Ricard Sheeta. They went way too long. The match was falling apart. And I mentioned like, oh, you know, they should have just made this match shorter and like made it eight minutes. And you know, someone's like, oh, you know, they can't do that because people will be upset. You know, I'm like, well, why? Is it more important to have a good match? An eight-minute good match? Or is it because we want to play fair, we got to give them 15 minutes when they have a bad match. And then people complain they have a bad match. So I don't want – I want people to say, hey, that was a good match. And if I know these women can't hang for 15 minutes, these specific women, I'm not saying there's no women that can't wrestle past you know, 10 plus minutes. There's a lot of great ones that can. But I'm saying Britt Baker, Karshita, they can't. Because it, we've seen it, and it always falls apart. It always just, it, you know, Britt Baker's a great personality. She has improved some, but booking her in shorter matches just benefits her, right? It just, it just, you, you, you hide the weaknesses and focus on the strengths. And that's why I get playing like, you know, like, like I said, AW Dynamite. Rampage, the wins match is a lot of missed and hits, right? And they always go two segments. And I'm like, dude, why does it need to go two segments? Just it could only be one segment. And it could be fo- more focused and cut out a lot of stuff that's gonna get messed up and just what and, and, and just focus on what they do best. But no, they go freaking you know, two segments, match goes long and falls apart. And it's blah. You know, it happens every week in AEW. So we're getting a tournament of this now. So are all the women's matches going to get two segments in this tournament? I don't think so because the finals are in at double or nothing at the pay-per-view. The, the finals of both, right? So you have the two finals. You're going to have probably... Obviously, the AEW World Title match. You're gonna have you're gonna have tag match. You're gonna have a big grudge match you're in book two. So you're gonna have a lot of stuff that you're gonna have on your TV that's gonna culminate on this pay per view. So you need time for all the other stuff beyond the tournament. So to give them time, you're gonna take have to take some time. What do you think? Which matches are you gonna take from? Right? Just like. People complain about the Queen of the Ring tournament. And granted, I think some of those matches should have more time as well. Two minutes, three minutes, you know. I think that's too quick. You know, it's okay to give them a few more. But on a two-hour show, are you going to take minutes from Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar just so... The Queen of the Ring matches could be, you know, eight plus minutes. No. You're going to need the valuable TV time for your money draws. And that is Roman Reigns. That's Brock Lesnar. That's your big money program. That's why those matches didn't get enough time. Because they're putting more, they, WWE puts more minutes to the draws. Yes. I, again, two minutes is just is not enough for those matches. Honestly, there's no need for a queen of the ring. Especially, it was just like quickly dropped on us, right? 
and forced. They could do Queen Ring. They, they do it when you have a, ch- a chance to really focus on it and give some give some time to it. But WWE didn't do it, and you know WWE's all wacky right now, anyways. So again, I think it's unnecessary with that women's tournament of the Owen Hart Cup. I think it takes focus from the men's. It's gonna uh, just take up TV time where you can. Hey, you take TV ties from the men's matches. These great men's matches are, you know, probably going to be some good workers in it. I'm sure Tony Khan wants this tournament. That's the first one to be memorable. And so they can have some good matches. So he's going to put his top workers in there, some good workers in there. So if you have two tournaments going to the same time, you're, you know, you're going to fight for minutes. And let's be honest. A Pac versus... Uh, John Moxley say is going to get the minutes then take Conte and uh, Chris Statlander right like it's just you're going to you're going to give the minutes to Pac and Moxley because one they're the bigger stars one you know it's going to be a better it's going to be a good match and you, you know that you know you, you want them to give them the time they're you know so I I, I I hope nothing but the best for these tournaments. I hope it. I hope I'm surprised. I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. I'm glad that they did this women's tournament for the Oranga Cut because these women delivered. I hope to say that. I really do. And I hope, and I, I hope it's a success. But because you know, I think it's a great thing. Like they're on, they're, they are honoring Owen Hart. So I hope people are thinking, oh, that Rock he just doesn't like women's wrestling. I'm just being honest, man. You know, I do love women's wrestling. I just think, why take away from the Owen Hart Cup? They think they're doing this big thing. I it's gonna take away because it's gonna just what's more important: the women's or the men's? You know, like it's it's I don't know, it's I, to me it's just classic, straight to the point, classic overbooking. And you know, you live and learn. And now that you do start off with a men and a women's tournament to do the Don Cart Cup, you're gonna have to do it every year. And what if this what if the women's side of the tournament just doesn't hold up? Like the other tournaments they've had with women in this promotion have not held up. So before we get to the next segment on the show, I have I have an ask for you, the listener. Well, two asks. If you're listening to us for the first time, think about hitting that subscribe button. You can always unsubscribe in the future, but by subscribing, you'll get multiple shows uploaded directly to your app weekly, and we think you'll like what you hear. Secondly, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, right now on your your mobile app, please give us a five-star rating. It's very simple to do and so beneficial for us as we attempt to climb through the podcast rankings in order to grow within the podcast ecosystem, it is much appreciated. So please, please do that. Give us a five-star review. Share. Talk. Let your friends know about Fight Game Media Podcast. Check out our Patreon, $5. Um, just subscribe. Great content on there. Some great shows. We got a very popular Joshi show. We have a Garrett Gonzalez and I do a, a retro 1997 Monday Night Raw review. We're going to be heading on into 
98 with Raw. And continue on next year. We have the Brace for Impact podcast, a very popular podcast on Impact Wrestling with Mike Gilbert and JD Oliva. Um, so, and we have the Dynamite Show with Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins. It, it airs right after, it goes up right after the Dynamite's over. So, immediate, boom, feedback on Dynamite. So, definitely check it out. Five bucks a month. You know, not a big investment, just to give us a shot for a month. And I think you're going to hang around. I think you're going to hang around because there's some just awesome content. I was just listening to uh, JD and my uh, JD and Mike's uh, Bracer Impact podcast, and they're just 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 cracking me up with the. I love I love those those guys. Their chemistry is just just really good. So, so give our Patreon a shot. Fight Game Media. All right. So when I first started taking on podcasts, it's going to be about match reviews. It's going to be about. Um, you know, quick hits and 30-minute podcasts. I'm coming up on 20 minutes right now, so it's not going to go 30 minutes. I'm going to go definitely more than that, but definitely not too long. I like to keep this keep this show like an hour, you know, because you got a lot of things to do. And and uh, but I appreciate all you listeners. Like, I've been awesome. Appreciate the awesome feedback I'm getting. And uh, and some people are even uh, complimenting me, like, hey, you know, on my doing a one man show. <laughs> Trust me, it's hard. But I love it. It's fun. It's uh, it really just motivates me that you know, and and I'm still learning and uh, just having a good time with this. So let's talk about some matches. And this week, busy week for me, family wise. And like my daughter had her uh, uh, a children's uh, Christmas service at her school, and that was great. So we had that. So. I, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of wrestling, but I, you know, I make my I make time for NXT UK. One, it's an hour. It's usually the best hour of wrestling on on of the week. Really, really good wrestling. And this week, the main event was the number one contenders match for the Heritage Cup between A Kid A Kid and Nathan Frazier. And I'm like, dude, I can't wait for that one. It's gonna be good. And it was good, and but it was freaking, and I knew it was going to be good, and they delivered that, and then some. It was a great freaking match. Now, the Heritage Cup, I talked about before, it is a trophy, it's a big old trophy that the current champion, Noam Dar, has to carry around. Actually, he's lucky. He has, he has Shaw Samuels out there doing the lifting for him. You know, Unlike, you know, Tyler Bate would come out with that big trophy, he's about as big as him, but he's a big, strong boy. He can hold it. It's just a really big tournament. It's a really big. It's just a really big uh, uh, trophy. I just kind of wish they would make it into a belt, but it's cool. It's different, and um, and it's also you know old British rounds rules. It's uh, it's uh, Heritage Cup rules, which is six three minute rounds, best two out of three falls. Um, it's a great match. But before I want to talk about that match, um, they had a promo with. In-ring promo live in front of the audience with Tyler Bate and Trent Seven. Last week, they won the eight. Uh, sorry, the NXT Tag Team Champions UK Tag Team Championship um, over a great team, pretty deadly in a really good match. And it was a shocker to me that they won the belts. And in a way, like a twist in the story, because you know the way you feel like it's going because Trent Seven has been so focused on winning 
a title again, right? Being a champion again, which you should as a competitor. You want to be a champion. But you can tell, like, he is really desperate to, to win it. Like, he he knows. And so there's just been nice little hints that, man, if something doesn't go right, will Trent turn on Tyler Bate out of frustration? Like, you feel like something's going to happen. Like, Macho and Hogan in the 80s where you – Saw Savage give a look to Hogan, and you think, oh, man, something's going to happen down the line, right? Something similar here with, with, with Trent Seven. So he's been like, ever since he cut weight and challenged, uh, at the time, Jordan Devlin was the NXT UK uh, Cruiserweight champion. So two, uh, Trent Seven got down to the, the weight limit, had a really great match with Jordan Devlin, lost it. And ever since then, he's just been, like, out of focus and, and need to find what how he can get back to where he needs to be. And he found it again with teaming with Tyler Bate. They were former NXT Tag Team Champions, and Tyler Bate at the time was a current Heritage Cup Champion. And Trent was, like, Dude, we got to go back to the tag titles. We got to become the NXT UK tag titles. And Tyler Bate, he's like a chill dude, a good friend. You know, I, when they started this off, I thought maybe he's going to be like, ah, you know, I got so much going on with Heritage Cup. No, he's a true friend. He's like, okay, man, we'll do it. Though he did mention like, yeah, you, you know, even with his responsibilities with the Heritage Cup, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So he, Tyler Bate, ultimate babyface, right? He's such a great worker. God. That guy's that guy's so good. He like, there's some like promos like guys are really great promos, right? And Tyler Bay, I wouldn't say he's a great promo, but he's great for him, right? Like his whole Zen thing and his just it just works for him. So I would say he's a great promo for him, right? Is he gonna will he be on my list of great promos of every year? No, but but. It works for him and his character, which I believe his character is just him, right? That's what the best. That's the best characters in wrestling. When they're, it's just their real, their real personalities just turned up a little bit, right? So Tyler Bate and uh, Trent Seven come out with the tag team titles. They just won, and I sorry I can't call him Mustache Mountain. I fucking hate that name. I think it's stupid. I just I know they, they they were that before NXT UK and all that stuff, but I just think it's the dumbest name. So I won't call him much Dash Mountain. So Tyler Bate, Trent Seven come out, and you know they're excited. They won the belts, and um, everyone's cheering for them. And Trent Seven starts talking about how, how happy he is and. He's putting over Tyler Bate, you know, because Tyler Bate has all. This is he's held all the time. He's the first guy to hold all the titles in NXT, NXT UK. He's the Grand Slam champion. And then Trent Trent starts talking about his road to this moment, and you start seeing the behind the wall that Trent Seven has put up recently, and he starts breaking down a little bit and talking about the struggles. And talking about how the desperation, really, of winning these to win these tag team titles, that we be on top again in NXT UK. Because he, 
I don't know if he like he feels it slipping or feel times passing him by and or he feels like you know his buddy Tyler Bate is just you know he didn't say exactly what but you could tell there's some internal struggle with him but then he kind of gets it moves it back in the positive no he just like opened the window a little bit in this promo I thought that was brilliant Trent Seven's a great promo. Uh, so natural. Like CM Punk is, like Adam Cole is. Trent Seven just a natural talker. I think he'll be a great heel when he goes heel. I've never seen him work heel. heel. But I also think he's a great Mayface because he, he just... the because he, <laughs> And it was funny because I, I remember NXT UK started and I was like, who's this guy? Like, weird body, you know, like... I thought he was a decent worker, but he didn't like to me. Wasn't like why they why is he getting this push? You know, like why? Because I think he went far in that tournament, if I remember correctly. I think he made semifinals when they crowned the the, the first NXT UK champion some time back. And I was like, who this guy? You know, there's a lot of other guys I would probably feature, but you know, last few years, man, I really really like Trent Seven, and you know. He's unique. He's a great promo. He's just natural. So I'm looking forward to what's going to happen next. I, like I said, I didn't expect them to win the tag tiles. I thought they're going to lose the tag, lose the lose their second opportunity to tag tiles, and the big turn is going to happen. But Cravely, I, I like it. Now they're champions. Now we'll see how. Now Trent's going to be desperately, desperate to hold on to these tag titles. So. Will he go darker to keep him? Will Tyler Baker with that? We'll see. Um, NXT storytelling is pretty simple, but also very detailed oriented. So I, that's why I really like the product. Now, let's get into that main event: the Heritage Cup match. A Kid, Nathan Frazier. What a freaking match, man! This if, if it wasn't for Brian Danielson and Hanging on Page, this would have been the best match of the week by far. Uh, these guys, I can, I, got, I think I'm posting on Twitter today, like, I can watch these guys the best of 101 matches. Like, and it would always be good. It would always be different because that's how good workers they are. A-Kid's a sensation. And another guy took me a while to kind of to get with. I remember when everyone was talking about that match with... Zack Sabre Jr., and that's where he got you know, his notoriety from. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's good, but not, you know, it wasn't sticking out. But here, NXT UK, he is just put it all together. His body, his presentation, and his work has improved. The facial expressions, the oomph and the strikes. And he has some great strikes, man. Like he 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 throws some good kicks, good punches. They do some very unique things. I was popping, man, watching this. I was like, whoa, whoa, you know. And my my I remember I was I was watching on my phone, and my daughter Chloe's like, what's going on? What what, daddy? What? And I was like, I'll just watch this great match. Like that's that's what it was, you know. I was just going nuts over a great wrestling match. And this match was really good, like. You know, Nathan Frazier is a young gun. First of all, I don't know why the fuck he cut his hair. 
don't know if he did on his own or someone told him. But damn, man, grow that hair back out because that hair was the main event look. This hair now, it's like this, I don't know, like a bell on your head. I don't know what it is. It just looks, it doesn't look good, dude. Like, go grow back out because, like I said, that was the main event look. Uh, and this match here, I thought Frazier was going to win. I really did. I, I just felt like you know, his Frazier's due for a big win. He's always been close, and he's had big some big wins, but the big, big wins, right? Like, I expected him to come out on top of this, and he didn't. They were just doing some unique things and uh, stuff. Unexpected, simple, but unexpected. Uh, like I said, no hold is wasted. No strike is wasted. It feels like a real fight, a real competition. At one point, and they're both baby faces. At one point, they come out for a round, and it's like how real fighters would jaw jack. Not being jerks, not being, no one's trying to be a heel. It's just like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's do this, let's do this, let's go. Right? I loved it. Uh, uh, AK came with his ribs taped up. Of course, he had that rib injury for a little bit, so he's still. That became a focus on that. On that, and Nigel McGinnis is and and Max Shepard are both great, but Nigel's doing a really great job. Like early in the match, a kid in the first round hits this beautiful drop kick. He has a great drop kick. Boom, perfect, perfectly executed everything. And then later on, little little tip for tat, Frazier hits a drop kick, but it's a little lower. It's not as high. It was in the face, but it was in the midsection. And Nigel Nigel McGinnis points out, like you see how where he placed that right in the injured ribs. Like it's just Nigel should win commentator of the year. I'm sorry. Excalibur will probably win it, and it's bullshit because he's horrible. But Nigel feels like he brings you into the realism of a wrestling match. It's one thing. One of the reasons why I love watching NXT UK. Um, they did a spot. Where have you seen that? It's guys hanging on the ropes, facing outwards to the audience, sitting sitting on the second rope, and you've seen a guy slide down and pull him back, and does like a little weird little German suplex deal. Nine times out of ten, this looks like crap. These guys made it work, and it was so fast, so quick, and like holy shit, like that I I popped, and I've seen guys. Do it a lot. It looks slow, and th- this was perfect, absolutely perfect. Um, highly recommend this match. If I had to get a star rating, and I don't do star ratings anymore, but I mean, a lot of people are like, well, "What's the star rating?" Like, you know, they have to know. It's five. It's a. It was a five star match for sure, easily. I can't imagine it not being, you know. If I'm rating matches and I rate it, I rate matches correctly. <laughs> I rate matches. And by the way, the highest ma- rating you can give a match is a five star, in my opinion. So I love you, Dave. But you know what I, you know how I feel about that. <laughs> but please check out this match and just this match alone. You don't, you know, you don't need to go watching the rest of the show. They have a good show. Hey, you want me want to check out Steve Regal's kid, William Regal's kid, excuse me. Um, uh, you know, Charlie Dempsey. He's on the show. Really good match with Joe Coffey. Um, 
really surprising ending on that one. That would, that took that shocked the hell out of me. This was a really good episode of NACK. They all have really good episodes, but they have some segments sometimes where you're like, uh, kind of dips the show a bit. But this one was just perfect all the way through, in my opinion. Really well done. So let's talk to some AEW Dark. Now I haven't watched AEW Dark in a in a in, a, in quite some time. Um, it's been a little while. For a while there, for gosh, a year and a half. Where whenever I started AEW Dark, I was getting texts from my friends and like I, said, I used to get texts and from my friends back in the day of like, dude, you gotta watch this match. It's so great. To now I get, man, you check out this match so bad. And, and that's why you, you, a lot of those matches from AEW Dark, right? It's like, oh man, you guys, how can how can this air have? How can this match aired? How you know even being how can this match be is taped? How can it, how can they not throw like cutting the floor? All that kind of stuff. But this was ops. This wasn't. This was not that kind of text I got. This was hey, you should watch these matches. Let me know what you think. So I said, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And the first match that was suggested to me was. Marina Shafir versus Chris Statlander from AEW Dark this week. Marina Shafir, as everyone knows, former USC fighter, judo practitioner, uh, uh, part of Ronda Rousey's Four Horsewomen group, uh, former NXT wife of Roger Strong. And this was her debut. Now, Marina in NXT, I saw her one of her first matches. It was in San Jose. It was a tag match with Jessamyn Duke. And I don't think Marina ever put it together in NXT. Or at least, you know, they just never really find anywhere for her. And she didn't have many matches on television. And I don't know. They just never found her groove there. And granted, there was, at that time, there was a lot of great women... NXT women women's roster that you just had dominated the minutes, right? She could never break that. So here in this match here, I I was impressed. She definitely improved, right? She's definitely been working on things. I loved her aggressiveness. Like her strikes look good. Her kicks look good. Her submissions look good, of course. Like she... I just like her physicality. It really brought me to the match. Chris Statlander with that alien gimmick. It's just, it's just you know, but 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 Marina's making it a match, man. She was really getting me getting me into what was going on here. I was definitely it was easy to concentrate on this one because I loved her aggressiveness. I thought she looked this is the best I've seen her look. I thought she deserved a contract for this match, honestly. Um, at one point in the match. Statler now she does that little boop on the nose. I hate it. Just stupid. So she boops Marina on the nose and turns her back to Marina, walks away. Marina waits to turns around and and attacks her, right? Or didn't or gets hits a strike, kick, whatever it was. Marina should have attacked her when her back, when Chris Statler's back was turned. That's a no-no when I always learned. And APW, you never turn your back on your opponent. Because if you do and walk away, it's, if you judge telling people it's bullshit, because why would that person, uh, now you from behind, 
right? It just you never do. And if someone does that to you, you nail them. That's that's I've seen it happen many times in APW. And you know, guys would turn her back and you know, they would and and I remember Modest one time nailed some dude. I forget who it was, but it just, you know, they had the opening uh they had the opening introductions and it wasn't where like, you know, Modest is jump starting the match after the bell, right? It wasn't that. It was like cuz they went like they went long and and it, and at first I thought it was just a, you know, he's jump starting the match, but kind of find out in the back when you know, no. They were going to do the whole lockup, circle lockup deal. But his opponent, and I fuck, I can't remember his name, turned his back and Modest went in there and just waffled him. Boom. And that's how they got the match started. Same thing should happen here. Marina should just nail it from behind, grab a choke. Like, because, you know, you don't turn your back on your opponent if this is a real competition. So you just make it look like BS, right? That's just Statlander being green. No one taught her correctly about that. And Marina, too. Like, no one's, no one teaches that. I don't think, you know, I'm sure all the, the good, the good schools, like, you know, Tom Pritchard school, et cetera. They, they probably teach that, but I don't know. It's like anyone's not really, you know, I, don't, I it's one of those things that a lot of people don't teach. I, I see happen on these all the time. I and match all the time. Like, uh, turning back, she nailed them. Uh, Marina, as she looked good in this match, like I said, I love her aggressiveness. I love what she was doing. She still has trouble with some pro wrestling spots, in my opinion. Um, there's a a part in the match where Statlander hits a power slam on Marina. Um, the power slam looked good, but going into it wasn't good. Marina kind of just slowly walked into it instead of being aggressive and going into it, right? Feeding into it aggressively. Like, it looked like you're going to throw something. Like, she literally just, like, walked into it. Do, 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 do. All right, power slam, boom. <laughs> That's what it was. Uh, and also... Marina on the on the on the vertical suplex that Statlander gave you, keep those legs together. Yeah, just should be that weight better. Looked a little tough for Statlander's strong, but like, you know, put those legs together on that vertical. Just that's the only kind of criticism I had. I thought I thought she I thought she looked good. I'm sure there's more out there. You know that that you know the finer details of the you know the, the, that might be missing, but um, I thought Marina looked good. I was like, wow, this is cool. I, I hope they give her an AEW contract. I hope she's in that Owen Hart Cup tournament. You know, she'd be something different. But with Marina, let her be Marina. Focus on the submissions. Focus on the strikes, the judo. I would do that with her. I think WWE really wanted her to be pro wrestler, right? But Give her focus on what makes her strong. I don't know. I as I, I you know, but then again, like I said, Marina for NXT, her time there, it was just like her learning curve was longer, and you had these other women already that are ready and having great matches on that show. So it was hard for her, like, hey, you know, where can we push her and feature her? It was just tough. It was tough then. Um, next match I was told to watch was Angelico, or Lethargico, as I like to call him, versus Invictus Cash. Invictus Cash, a Buddy Wink guy. He was just on the uh, uh, I Left My Wallet podcast with our, you know, our good friend, Promise Thomas. Great interview. 
Um, I loved hearing talk promise and cash talk wrestling, talk training, talk about their history together. They had a really funny story about they're in Canada and in Invictus Cash. He's from who's from Iran and was doing the whole Iran gimmick, you know, well, you know, with the whole like foreigner, you know, menace, right? You know, waving the flag. And then here comes Promise Thomas out there and He's like trying to get a USA chant, but they're in Canada. <laughs> I love that story. I love that story. It's a great story. Uh, really good interview. So check it out. If you're a Wrestling Observer subscriber, check out that podcast and get to know Invictus Cash, who is a freaking hell of a talent. And it's funny. I don't know how I never put two and two together, but I was talking to Promise Thomas about him and and a few years ago, when I had a lot of time to watch a lot more wrestling, I was really watching a lot of Japanese wrestling. And at the time, I was, uh, I was, you know, looking for talent for someone or for a certain company. And I remember seeing this kid in Zero One. And I was like, this guy is good, smooth worker. And so I recommended him. But at the time, I couldn't find too much social media on this guy. All I had was a clip. Um, and and I just, you know, and I remember, I always remember what happened to that guy. I mean, you know, things, as things get busy and you forget things and all this wrestling, you know. And so when he's talking about this, his time in zero one. I'm like, holy cow, that's the same guy. Invictus Cash, that same guy I saw years ago. And he's just been approved greatly since. So now I think he lives in Georgia and he does a lot of AW Dark stuff. He's a guy I would give a contract to if I'm Tony Khan. Is he going to, you know, set the world on fire, you know, when he announces the signing? No. But damn, he's good, and he's gonna he's gonna be, he's gonna be a star, right? Like, I would love to book that guy in AEW. I'd bring him in as this accomplished grappler from Iran, not to be the stereotypical '80s foreign menace gimmick. Like, no, just a freaking badass from Iran, right? Like, and a proud, proud, proud from his country. He's the best from his country, and he's going to be, you know, like, like think, okay, think Lord Steer and Regal in WCW in 1993. Um, so that's what I would do with him. Make him that guy, this amazing international scientific wrestler who's just out-wrestling people. I think he, he's, he has a great look. Yeah, I think he'd be great. I, I, just, I just really enjoy his work. And he's a guy that needs deserves a contract, right? And he's better than a lot of guys on that on that roster. I'm, I'm gonna say it. A lot of guys on their contracts on that roster shouldn't have contracts. Vegas Cash should have one. You know, I can I can see him as a great tag wrestler. Put him as someone else, you know, another guy of his size and smooth workness. Yeah, you know, that, that's, that's not a word. Smooth worker like him, and just. They can make a. They can make a. a, a you can find another 
the uh, international version of FTR. Like, I really believe they could he could be one half of that. And who that partner is, you know, I have to do my research and find it. But I would sign this kid because he's good, really good. Um, and I'm not really excited watching Helico matches. And it's never, I just uh, never really got into his work. Just very, he does like submissions, but it's all lethargic, right? He just, he just goes from hole to hole. He kind of has that same face, no aggression, no emotion, no nothing behind it. I can't buy what he's selling. You know, he has some funky stuff, you know, training for with Negro Navarro and I believe Cash did too as well. Um, yeah, he did because he's talking about it on this podcast. But what Cash would do it, he, he's aggressive. He's putting some oof behind it. He's being physical with this. So you're like, oh, damn, that, that, that hurts, right? Like, I see him, like, cranking it. And you're, you're believing it. But when Helco, when he does it, it's just it's, it's like a dance routine. I can't I can't get into it. So I wouldn't say this was a really good match. They did some good stuff. I was more I was able to tolerate it because of Victus Cash. And I'm not trying to knock and Helco too much. I'm just saying that the star of this match was Invictus Cash. No doubt. From the look, from the work, and like he really pops. You know, there's some guy on AEW Dark who are brought in as enhancement talent, and you're like, okay, enhancement talent. And Vintus Cash is a guy you're like, why isn't he signed? Why is he in the position of be- being the guy that beating these enhancement guys? Um, like I said, total future star. Um, maybe he doesn't have that indie cred behind him, but you know what? It, this is where Tony Khan. This is where there's the bookers and there's matchmakers. A booker, a a a, promo, a promoter who can really understand talent could recognize talent when you see it. And I recognize Invitus Cash as great talent, future talent. So sign him up, Tony. Sign him up. And so I was going to stop there. I was going to stop there and... But then I saw like the next graphic came up. It was another women's match. See, I don't like I don't hate women's wrestling. I'm covering two matches here, right? It was Tay Conti and Heather Monroe. Now, the reason why I watched this match, because I know Heather Monroe from you know Southern California. I booked her once for AEW at, at the Pacelli Center. She worked Rays, and I wanted to bring her in more when I was booking APW. We just, you know, we didn't have a women's title, so it just Women's matches are basically special attractions, and um, but if we did have a women's division, Heather Moreau would be heavily part of that because I think she's great. I think she's a complete package. Cuts a good promo, just has a good presence out there, great look, and she can work because she was trained from a good school. Santino Brothers down south. They have good students. They had great, great talent. I used to book uh, a lot of their talent for APW and also Premier. You know, Tyler Bateman, Ruby Rays, or Rays, um, and a few others. Like they just, you just, you knew they could get the job done. Douglas, Douglas James. I had Jake Atlas, of course. How can I forget about him? Um, just 
you knew when you book kids out of that promotion at school, they're going to be quality. Helen Rowan was like that to me. And like, I would watch her and I'm like, man, she really carries herself well in these promos. She's, she's comfortable behind the camera. She can talk. Like she's, she's good. And in the ring, she's good. Like she, she reminds me of a Sherry Martell. Like, Sherry Martell had, you know, could do it all. And I think Helen Monroe could do it all. I really think, like, she's aggressive with her strikes. Her forms are great. I mean, the only negative I have on this, you know, on the match, there's a couple of little negatives. One was not wasn't hers. One was her. She had, like, this back. Helen Monroe did this back elbow, and it obviously just, like, slap. Boom. Like, okay, got to clean that up, right? And this match was was a good match. And really, if if I'm being honest, it's because Heather Rose making this match good. She's there for her tie, Tay Conti. She's a position for her. She sells great, so she's making Tay Conti stuff look good. Um, you know, even at one point in the match, you know, poor Heather Rose. You know, she whipped Tay Conti in the corner. She ran in. Ran into the little stock to take Conti. Take Conti got the boot up. So, so Heather Rose sells sells back, and then take Conti. She closed the climb to the to the top rope, but she takes for long too long, and poor Heather Rose has to sit there trying to like oh keep selling, but it just looked kind of goofy. Take Conti needs a if she can't get the top rope quick enough in that spot, she needs to go go to the second rope, pop up, boom, and then do your do your deal because you know don't waste the top rope move, right? If that, she's not going to be the finish. So, and don't leave your opponent that sit there with their, you know, the look stupid having to sell for way too long because you're taking too long to get on the top rope. So, but she's another one, just like Invictus Cash. Like, this women's division needs help, needs better workers. And I think Heather Monroe's a pretty good worker. And she's still very young. She's still hasn't been oversaturated on the indie market and on this television show. So she's fresh and new and she can carry, like I said, she can carry the segment anywhere you, anywhere you put her in the match, in a promo, she can do it all. Um, she's still young, still growing, still learning. And she still has a lot of ways to go, but man, I've compared to a lot of the women on this roster that are signed. She's way better. I would like to see her in that tournament. They're going to do this tournament. Put her in there. She deserves it. So I hope she gets signed. I'm surprised WWE hasn't signed this girl yet because she has what they have. She has everything that they would love, you know. And you know, right now they're just they're so focused on personalities. We need we want personalities. And yeah, as I know Pitcher is a big deal, of course. So here you go. I got you. You know, I think she's. In her, I'm pretty sure she's still in her twenties. And has the look, has the personality, can cut the promo, has experience working TV, might be smaller TV, local television TV, but she has experience. And like I said, she's not shy in front of the camera. So once again, thanks for hanging with me on the Take It Home podcast. Um, I really, I really enjoy all the feedback. And again, give me some suggestions on matches to cover. I was a lot of fun to kind of go and 
check out AEW Dark again, check out these matches, and review them here on the Take It Home podcast. So hit me up on Twitter at uh, at LaRockaJL, and also hit me up on the Fight Game Media uh, Facebook group. You know, put a post out there. Hey, LaRocca, here's a match. Put the link up. I'll watch it. I'll review it. That would be a lot of fun to do. So, everyone, thanks again. I want to talk to you guys next time and hear my podcast next time. It'll be after Christmas. So, everyone, Merry Christmas. Be safe. Enjoy your time with your family. Um, as well, just be safe. It's just this this new variant is is causing chaos. And let's 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 kind of everyone just be safe because I love you all and and so again, I guess trust it enough, just be safe. All right. Have a good one. Again, Merry Christmas.